Welcome back to the vent with your host, Hack Daniels here. Had a chance to uh, get one of my good friends on here, uh, Robbie Horn. Uh, that's kind of what this podcast is all about, is giving uh, veterans, first responders, interesting people a chance to tell their stories, and hopefully you, the listeners, uh, will get something from it. So take a listen here and uh, enjoy, and then my wife and I will come back and talk a little bit about the uh, interview with Robbie Horn. Here we go. All right, man. Robbie Horn, bad company, brother. What's going on? It's there, man. Bad company. I've been living, man. I've been alive. It's been good. Yeah? All good or? No, it's 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 been a roller coaster, man. So what the last time me and you probably smoked a uh we smoked Marble Milds back then. I smoked Marble Smooths. Sure did. That was back in damn bro. Mixed with a little mint grizzly. Yeah. Yeah. What that was in twenty 10, 11? Uh, yeah, well, did you leave before me? I left Fort Leonard Wood in 13. You may have left shortly before yeah, me. Yeah, I left I left in December of 11 because, yeah, my youngest was yeah. born in Okinawa in, in February of 12. That's right, right, right. So, yeah, it's – yeah, man. So, since then, man, a lot. I obviously got out of the military. Yeah. Well, got out in – yeah, 23, I got out in 2013, November 2013. Okay. So it's been about five years. Actually, damn, dude, November 1st, yeah, it's been five years already. No shit, that's crazy. Here, here's, so here's what I'll tell you, man. If if you told me back when we and you were together, hey, man, in, in like five years from now, this is what your life's going to be, I'd be like, bro, you're full of shit. Like there's no way, like there's no way I'd be able to do what I'm doing right now, like and enjoying life and to have all my kids together, man. You know how, I mean, you yeah, know well, my, my – so we periodically talked and I know how important that was for you. I mean, you, for sure. you, you actually, to stay with your two youngest, like left Texas, right? You didn't come home. Yeah, man. With, what, Michigan yeah. A bit and stuff. Talk about that. Yeah, one. Michigan. I lived. Yeah. So I got out of 2013, November. Um, <clears throat> so I had a buddy that, uh, Rosales, John Paul Rosales. He's, uh, we, we were at division together. We did, oh. uh, yeah. I, you know, I know him just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, solid dude, man. He's, he's my homeboy, right? Okay. So he, he grew up in Midland, Texas, Odessa area, and he uh, grew up around the oil field. So he always told me, man, the whole time I ran, hey, bro, if you ever get out, like, let me know. I can always get you a job in the oil field. Like, I got hookups, whatnot. I was like, all right, cool, man. I mean, that's good money. You know, obviously work, you know, good work, good money, all that good stuff. And at that time, I was going through my second divorce. Yeah, don't do those, man. They're not they're not fun. Not good. Yeah. Uh, so my my – wife who's you know amanda stayed in okinawa at the time and i went back to texas worked there for about a year in the oil field and uh yeah man i'm making bank bro I made yeah. over a hundred thousand dollars in a year man it's pretty nice. crazy That's i can just buy whatever the military yeah yeah man i mean just i could buy whatever i wanted to buy it was, it was pretty cool i mean it sucked i could never spend it because you work so much but it was good I, I all i wanted to do was have my kids happy man so yeah i did that for a little bit and then uh yeah, man, my, my two youngest kids at the time, they were like five and seven. You know, they were just up there with their mom by themselves and just, I'm not saying in a bad bad area, bad environment, but it's not a conducive environment that, you know, I wanted my kid, not an ideal environment I wanted my kid to be in. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, man, <clears throat> some things worked out and I went up there, man. I got a job working insurance. Car insurance is crazy. That's, Dude, that's uh, a common thing for vets, bro. I don't know why we all wind up in that, but I've got like 10 friends that have at least tried. It's ridiculous. Like, it's just because it's so much bullshit. It's like grunt work, man. It really is. Like nobody wants to do it. Like your dude, I mean, you're just the middleman between these fucking body shops, bro, that I wanted to hit. Bro, I got, I used to get into arguments with them. I mean, like in these dudes in their head, they're just playing with you because they just want more time and more money, right? And, it's, yeah. and I used to tell them this is the only profession that I've ever seen where nothing is not even close to exact. Like everything's rounded. Yeah. Like everything's subjective, man. I mean, it's, yeah, dude, <sighs> maybe that's why. I mean, they, they paid decent. I mean, I took a pay cut to go up there, but I had my two kids. Yeah, but, <laughs> with their kids, man. That's all that, that's all that, man. For sure. I mean, yeah, it was, it was great. They had good benefits and, you know, whatever. Um. So, yeah, I have a 17-year-old as well, Madison, dude. She's 17 now. Yeah, she she's just turned 17. That's all just turned this, bro. God. Yes. Yeah. 17 bro she just turned 17 in september yeah so she's yeah, like a full-grown picture she's beautiful man it's crazy thank you i appreciate yeah full-grown adult man like full-on like it's insane but yeah she's 17 so 
you know, at that time, <clears throat> she was, you know, in her, her early teens. She knew that my two youngest needed me more as a father. I'm not saying that she did, but, you know, me and Madison kind of grew up, you know, she grew up without me anyway. I was always that long-distance dad, you know. Yeah. I was just there for, you know, holidays. You know how that shitty shit goes, man, being a, a divorced dad in the military. So, you know, she obviously knew that it was the right thing at that time for me to move up there to be with my youngest too. So she supported that, man. Like, she really did. And she's always known her whole life, dude. I'll, I've just always tried to get back to Austin, you know, where I'm at now, to be with her. You know, that's as soon as me and her mom divorced in 05, she came to the neighborhood I live in now, bro. She's been here since 05. Wow. So, yeah, I moved to the exact neighborhood. She, I live less than a half a mile from her. Like, you know, she comes over. All the time. Like the other morning I was brushing my teeth, man. I heard a knock at my door. I'm like, what the heck? At my bedroom door and it was her. I'm like, cool. You know, she just came over to have breakfast with me. So yeah, dude, I see her all the time. You know, like I, I'm going to school now. So she comes over to cover down for me while I'm gone and my kids, you know, that little overlap. So yeah, man, a lot's changed, man. It's, uh, I've gone through some bad stuff. You know, I, I've, it's, it's taken a lot to get here, man. The proverbial mountain has been, it's been a tough climb, man. It, it really has. You know, I lost my brother along the way. I lost him. Lost him in 2012. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was rough. Uh, you know, going through divorce. I actually found out that I was going through divorce, and my brother died about eight hours of each other. Man, that was pretty. That was a pretty rough time, man. I was going through a lot of pill addiction at that time. I mean, I I think I hid a lot of that from you because I didn't want you to. I didn't want you to know me as that when me and you were together, but. Man, we were together. I, I was taking a lot of pain pills and, you know, they had me on all sorts of shit, man. You know, you know the, the Fort Leonard Hospital, I mean, they ended up getting investigated anyway. I don't know if you remember all that. Do you remember all that? When, no. Like the, the doctors got investigated, man, for just all the, all the pills and stuff they were given to all the students. <clears throat> they had two Army guys die on base there. Uh, it was actually an Army canine guy. Hit his head one day. Uh, went to the ER. They sent him home, dude, with nothing. Didn't show up to work the next day. They go look at the guy's house. Dude's dead. Wow. Hit his head. They didn't do any kind of anything, imaging, nothing, man. Had a, and I'm, I'm not talking about, about the Army, but it was just like, dude, from the colonel down got relieved yeah. uh, at that hospital, man. And so, yeah, I mean, they, they had me on lithium. I took lithium pills, dude, where I had to go get my blood tested every every week. I had to go get tested to make sure I wasn't uh, so these pills to- toxic. But these pills and stuff was all from, what, injuries from Iraq or just – general yeah dude yeah like ptsd mood stabilizer shit man like i mean my sleep i'm sure everybody sleeps had, fucked up but so you had physical injuries too though like yeah so yeah yeah i mean like yeah recipient but like what tbi type um, stuff or what yeah that and, and body man i mean my back still fucked up my knees my you know my back my back hurts a lot my neck still fucked up a lot um you know migraines I had bad headaches man i always had sunglasses i don't know if i could still have my sunglass tan but always have to have sunglasses on, man. I have that photosensitivity shit where, yeah. dude, if I, and you heard me sneeze, bro. You've heard me sneeze like a thousand uh-huh. times. Like that shit will set a migraine off in a heartbeat. So yeah, I was on all these pills, man. These opioids, dude. A Percocet, man. There was a doctor. I won't even say his name, but at Fort Leonard Wood was the first time I ever got prescribed Percocet. And I didn't even take him the first time, man. Uh, I played in a softball tournament there and uh, we had like a triple header or some shit. And my back was killing me. And that was the only thing I had at my house. If they'd have been if I'd have had like a leave or advil at my house, I probably never would have taken those fucking things. I didn't even know what they would do to me, bro. I just took two of them, right? I mean, if yeah. if, if one doesn't work, two always work. And dude, I remember being out in the outfield and, and that that feeling just coming of just that. I don't even know if you've ever taken Percocet, but it feels good, man. I mean, that's what it's designed to do. And, you know, I have a pretty addictive personality and Dude, it, it acted as like a stress reliever too because it took all that shit away. You know, you don't yeah. think about all that stuff when you're, you're high on, on all that. Right? Yeah, dude. And uh, those that it, it, I was just addicted from there, man. And uh, it took away a lot. It took away a lot of stuff that I've been trying to get rid of, man. You know, like I said, pain, physical and mental pain. I could sleep. Yeah. You know, I just yeah, that fucked my body. It's one, those, it's one of those things, dude. People ask me about like VA medical and stuff or like like military medical, and it's like it's kind of one of those things where you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Like some of these things will help. Obviously, you said it feels good and it takes the pain away, but also they're they're quick, man. That shit's like Skittles, bro. They'll just hand it out. Like I could, I, I literally believe yeah. that VA is the greatest drug dealer in the world. Like I could go there yeah. and probably get whatever I want. You know, and honestly, man. And so when I lived in Michigan, I. uh 
I started smoking medical pot, man. I got a medical marijuana card, mm-hmm. you know, for PTSD and all that. I, I, I wanted to give that a go. And honestly, that, that shit really changed my life. But up there, they don't test you, man. So they were giving me, like you just said, and I have a big fucking bag of them. I'll show you uh, a huge big bag. I still have a huge trash bag of pills, man. I, I mean, also at the the most, I was taking 14 different ones every single day, bro. Mm. And that's, and at the time I woke up, you know, taking Adderall to even function because the shit I would take to put me to sleep, dude, comatoses you. I mean, mm. I don't know if you've, the Seroquel, man, you ever taken Seroquel? Mm. <laughs> so they, that's what they give to like uh, schizophrenia people. So when, when prisoners in prison, my ex-father-in-law is an EMT at a prison in, in Michigan mm-hmm. in Jackson, pretty rough prison. So when those dudes start like claiming they're schizo and like freaking out, bro, they give them this pill, the Seroquel. They'll give them like, uh, like 300 milligrams of Seroquel. If it knocks them the fuck out, that means they're normal. Like me and you, if it calms them down, it shows them for real, dude, I'm serious. Like for real, it slows your brain down, bro. Yeah. Like when I would take this stuff, you take it and I was only on like 50 milligrams, dude. So like people who have like bipolar, like that are legit, like need this shit, take like hundreds of milligrams. So I was on like 50 milligrams just because they say it slows your nightmares down, man. And to be honest with you, it did help with my nightmares. You know, I had very active nightmares. I have some crazy, you know, crazy dreams, man, Yeah. where I'd wake up fucking just, you know, covered in sweat. My ex-wife, hey, you know, it was shitty, man. I had to have all these sets of sheets, dude, to change. Just because, you know, you wake up in a fucking pool of sweat every day. It sucks. And, dude, that made it stop, man. Well, and I had to take a, a blood pressure medicine with that, too. Couldn't get a boner after you took that. Like, you, if something shit popped off in my house, like, you can't stand up real fast or you'd collapse, dude. Who <laughs> knows? Like, like, scary, dude. Like, I know. Like, I know. We kind of laugh about it, but it's crazy how it's like yeah. one after another <laughs> after another yeah. after another. Like, you got to take this one to counteract that one. There you go, bro. This yeah, is dude. about these like cocktails, bro. Like these fucking yeah. people, these famous people with these problems. They get this cocktail, and yeah, that, like you said, dude. Like if you live in a bad neighborhood, something pops, and you got to run to the fucking door. Like it's over. Your your tits up. Like you ain't gonna yeah, make dude. it. Yeah, yeah, and you, like I said, you can't get a boner either, man. So, like, that, that's no good. So I mean, just for like that time, it's not like yeah. a continual thing. But anyway, it still sucks knowing you can't. They ask me every time I go to the point. every time I go to the VA. They ask me if I can get one or not. That's like a common <laughs> question. They're like, so how are you doing? Like, can you still get a heart on? I'm like, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, do, you feel, do you feel safe at home? Yeah, and can you like, get a yeah. heart on? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to beat my wife. I don't want to kill myself. Yes, I can get a boner. That's basically what happens at the VA. I think you're happy as long as you can do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know, man. It's, yeah, but I remember uh, when you started coming out on social media and talking about being off all these meds and stuff, dude, and like, yeah and i've still been like i've still been quiet even compared to what i've even said about it like the comparison of what that shit's done to my body man i mean it's fucked my stomach up i mean yeah dude i mean those percocets man i mean there was days where i don't want to try to get all nasty but i mean just shit and blood man yeah i mean it constipates you so bad dude it's like i said man i and these are things that this doctor that was prescribing to me he was actually the one that made me stop um you know, I was telling them, I was giving them every excuse to get more pills, of course, right? You know, I was a staff sergeant at the time, bro. I get whatever I, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't yeah. some PFC going up in there. I get whatever I wanted to. And yeah. finally, he caught on to it, man. I mean, because he could see who was all prescribing me other stuff, and he wasn't the only doctor prescribing me stuff. You know, I'm not trying to incriminate myself, but I was, wasn't, you know, being truthful to everybody there. So, yeah, I was addicted, man. I was getting shit from uh, a few different doctors. Yeah. And he finally, he finally saw that, man. He looked at my prescription, like receipt, not just for what he's prescribed me, but for everybody prescribed me. And that's when he looked at me. He was like, this shit's going to kill you. He told me, you know, every summer they have to like, you know, go look into these seminars and, and learn these different practice things, you know, to maintain their license. And that summer he just saw like the, the lifespan of this six-year-old girl that was addicted to painkillers because she had all these surgeries. I don't remember what was wrong with her. But she had all these surgeries as a little girl, dude. She was addicted to them, and it ate her fucking stomach lining, dude. It almost killed her. Yeah. And that's what he told me. He's like, dude, you know, your knees and your elbows aren't going to kill you. He's like, these pills are going to fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. And, dude, I had to get escorted out of his office, man. Like, I was that pissed off. Like, mm-hmm. you know, of course, I was in denial about it. I got escorted out of his office, man. And, of course, you know, when I finally went through withdrawals and all that bullshit, when I stopped taking them on my own, that was a rough time. 
I went and thanked him, dude, and he cried yeah. to me. He told me I was the first patient to ever thank him. And this guy was probably – he was in his probably mid to late 60s yeah. when I, I was there. So, I mean, it was towards the end of his career anyway. But that I was the first person to ever thank him, dude. Like, he cried to me like a little – he was a little bitty guy, dude. He had the meanest comb over. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking from ear over, dude, like the meanest comb over. But, uh, yeah, man, that dude saved my life, dude. He really did. I mean, he – he he woke me up right there. And then, uh, yeah, I went through detox where I like the worst three days of my life, man. I went through withdrawals. I thought I was going to die, man. I felt like I really thought I was going to die. Like, and you did that on your own. You didn't have any yeah. support. Yeah. No medical support. Um, so yeah, I, I came home from chow one day. It's when I lived on base and, uh, my Madison was there visiting for the summer. She was probably old. Actually, she was. So yeah, this was in 2010, and I was going home to get to get more pills. And uh, yeah, so she, the the lady that was two houses down from us, she didn't work, so she would always watch Madison. Her daughter was the same age, so when I'd go to work, you know, me and Amanda always worked together. Trap Madison would just go there for the day. You know what I mean? It was perfect. So I come home to get more medicine there in Chow, and I remember never forget the look on her face when I I pulled up in my I had that red truck. I put it in park, and I remember looking. I didn't even. No, she was outside until I looked over, opened the door, and I saw how excited she was. She threw her bike to come run and, and gave me a hug. And, bro, I was down on both knees, and that's when I lost it, bawling. Like, I came home to get pills, dude. Like, you know what I mean? I should have come home to see this kid that I ever, hardly ever get to see. Like, that was a defining moment right there, man. Like, yeah. I started crying, dude. I, I, I called Amanda, and she knew immediately something was wrong. Mm-hmm. She called Clark, and you remember how close me and Clark were? Yeah. And so, yeah, man, she called Clarkin to come check on me. And that's when I, I told her no one had a clue that I was that far into addiction, man. It was pretty crazy. Uh, and, yeah, I uh, I didn't want to go to SACO. You know how this shit ruined your career? You know, at that time, like, I, I was going to be a 20-year Marine and or 30-year Marine if they'd let me stay in 30 years. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want that career, you know, family and all that stuff. And I knew mentally I could do it. I felt like I could do it. I got myself into that, like. I wanted to get myself out of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, those three days were rough. Um, and I went to the hospital to go see one of the doctors I was lying to. She actually is the one that delivered Trace. Wow. Yeah. I was getting pills from her, bro. And uh, I told her everything. I cried to her and I told her I, I, I hated to put her in that predicament, but what is she going to do? Fucking tell on me? Yeah. Like she was doing this. She was giving it to me. And I told her that I was serious. Like I I'm done. Like it's taken hold of my life. And I could tell that I, I needed to get off the shit. I was done taking it. And she's like, well, unfortunately you can't just wean off of, she's like, you'll die. Like your body will shut down. And she started to calculate all the pills that I had taken. And I was taking over 30 Percocet a day, man, for a while. Holy shit. Like that's almost a bottle. Like they would prescribe to, you know what I mean? Like, and again, I, I was getting them from a bunch of different people, man. And so, yeah, she had to formulate this plan. Like she, I remember she prescribed me 99 pills that I had to take like six this day or at this time. And I did like, she wrote out a fucking plan for me, bro, for me to get off these things. And I did, I got off of them and, uh, that's just poison, man. That's, I know, I know some people, I get it, dude. It's all in moderation, just like everything else. But man, I, I mm yeah, but if you don't know your people, then you don't know what, you know, that's, that's the, I think the overarching point is sometimes they don't try to get to know you, you know, like if, yeah. I mean, I know you and I know if I were a doctor, I wouldn't just willy nilly hand you whatever the fuck, because yeah. you're, you're an all in type of cat, bro. Like that, you know, like someone needed to figure that yeah. out. Yeah. And he did, man. And it, and, and that's what's like you just said, man, I, I feel like the VA system, man, the, the pills there. So, yeah, what I was getting to in Michigan, man, they don't drug test you. So they were prescribing me, I mean, Adderall, bro. I was getting – I still have them. Like, I haven't taken them in years, but I still have them. I was getting 40 milligrams of Adderall a day, like extended release. I'm sorry. Yeah, 40, 220s I was taking a day, which I don't know if you've ever taken Adderall. That's a lot, man. Mm. I mean, that's a lot. And you get – you know, your body gets used to it, man. And I, dude, I would pour sweat, bro. Everything I owned when I worked car insurance, the armpits are just white from deodorant. I would sweat so profusely and I was 
brought, I was up to 330 pounds. That's yeah, the heaviest. I remember seeing that picture. That was pretty intense. It. Yeah, it's the heaviest I've ever been in my life. That was January 4th, 2016. Is the, is the at, date of that picture. What are you at picture. now? Because you, you look better than when you were in. What are you at now? Dude, right now, I'm heavy for right now, though, because I fucked my knee up and I haven't been exercising. But I hover about two, 210. I'm probably 215 right now. I try to stay between 200 and 210. Is what I try to, to walk around at, man. But that's got to be close to fighting weight in the core days, right? I mean, it's got to be close, or if not, dude. Small. I, I never, yeah. My, I would say my fighting weight in the core was about one eighty five to one ninety, man. Well, that was the early deployments when we were at Leonardwood. You were pushing two yeah. goals, right? At least I would say. Oh, dude! When we were together, all my fit reps say one ninety six, which is bullshit. I was yeah, two twenty, we man. Yeah, we were fighting to make weight, cut weight, and doing all kinds of dumb shit. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was 220 to 230 when me and you were together. Yeah. And man, a lot of that, it's crazy how my body's changed. Like the stress has gone away. Like yeah. when me and you were together, you know, what fucked us up and made, you know, it's like, are we stressed over being fat, but that made me even fatter. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. no matter what we did to our bodies, bro, it's going to come right back twice as fast. And since I've been out, man, and I stopped taking all those pills, and I've started to, I'll tell you what I did, man. I bought a fucking, one of those perfect pull-up, those pull-up bars that you hang in your door. Mm-hmm. And so this is when I was at my heaviest, when I just moved to Michigan at 330 pounds. I bought a pull-up bar and I hung it in my bathroom. And I walked past that thing for probably about a year and a half, bro. I knew eventually I would get pissed off enough that I would try to do a pull-up, bro. Right. And I fucking did. Good, man. And I, and I, I mean, I didn't do it the first time, obviously. Yeah. I mean, yeah, dude, I, I no. actually asked the kid, you remember one of my students, his name is Lopez. You remember little Lopez? I asked yeah. him, he's, he's going to be a lieutenant soon, but I asked this, he's like a fucking gigantic power lifter. I was like, bro, set me up a workout. Don't you dare put any pull-ups in that motherfucker. I don't yeah. want to do pull-ups again, but you're right. Like, like what a way to kickstart it, man. Eventually you'll be like, fuck this dude. Like I got to do something. Yeah, man. So. I, I, like I said, I bought the pull-up bar, and I'm serious, man. I walked past it for a year. So like I said, it, for a year, it didn't do shit for me. It just, I hung a hats on it, bro. Like, <laughs> would hang my belt and what I was going to wear the next day. Like, that's all it served as. Yeah. And then, like I said, eventually, man, I would just start stretching. Like, my back would be hurting, and I would just, just see how far I could go just to see my own, you know, knowing I couldn't do one. I couldn't, I got, I was a, I couldn't do a pull-up, man. And uh, that was humbling, dude. But, and that was the first time I even tried because I knew I couldn't do it, right? So it's like, why would I even? But I knew myself. I knew it wasn't going to be right then when I bought it. But I knew, I knew it was just eventually, bro. It was just that, it's just that mind thing, and uh, it worked for me. I mean, like I said, I, I don't even really fuck with upper body anymore. I ride my bike and run like it's like it's out of. That's what I do, man. Because yeah. I hated doing pull ups, dude. I mean. But that's what I had to do. I had to do pull-ups and crunches, max, max, and relax, and, you know, go slow as fuck on the run. Like, I mean, but I had to run too, dude, because I can never do 20 pull-ups. I never I never did that one time in my career. I never did 20 pull-ups one time, ever. Yeah, I mean. So that's why I, I started a guy I was actually in division with in the earlier part of my career, Jesse Rhodes. He's crazy, man. He lives up in Missoula, Montana. He's a he's a river border, man. I want to I want to go up there and do that. He's like a so the whitewater rafting guides, mm-hmm. like they're like their satellite patrols, dude. From people fall out, like that's what he he's that good with it. So yeah, he 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 uh stopped by. He was going up to Canada to go see the nationals up there. He stopped by to see me. He had his mountain bike with him. And I was just kind of starting to run, but dude, running would take such a tax on my body, bro. I was 330 pounds, dude. Like, you know what I mean? I was, dude, I couldn't even bend over to tie my fucking shoes. Like, yeah. I, I, I was in bad shape, man. Like, but you know what? It was weird though, because I was kind of happy though. Like I had my kids. So it's like, I had a sense of urgency and a, I had a sense though. I, it's like I was going somewhere, man, but I didn't know where I was going. You know what I mean? It was like, I just unlocked a map, but didn't have the grid coordinates of where I was going yet. Like I was going somewhere, man. I, I knew and my head was fucking, I was tired of being in that, that rut. And I got a mountain bike, which I should have got a road bike. Cause a mountain bike hurt your ass. I mean, they all hurt your ass pretty bad, but 
I started going, man. And yeah, you're in all kinds. So you're into all kinds of shit now that I never knew Robbie Horn to be into. Like, talk about the, all the I've, other stuff you've been into lately. I'm, well, yeah, I've, so I've ridden over 1,200 miles this year on my bike already. That's insane. It was since Feb, since February, actually. Yeah. Mount Kilimanjaro this year, bro, in June. Yeah, I saw that. So tell me about how that came about. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, I, I, I'd i gone through all this stuff. I lost all this weight. You know, I, I'd gained all this motivation in life. <clears throat> you know, I mean, I'd, I quit my job. Stupid, but I'd saved up some money, man. I quit my job to move down here. I, I was just in a, in a time to where I could have all my kids together. It was just a, a time where I could just do it, dude, and I fucking did it. So, dude, I plunged into it, man. I quit my job. I moved down here with no job lined up. Like nothing, dude. My dad helped me move. Pack. I mean, I packed all my shit. My dad helped me drive down with my kids. And I got them enrolled in school, obviously. I mean, I live in a decent neighborhood. And uh, so, yeah, I, I start looking on Facebook and I see this ad about, you know, taking this plunge up this fucking mountain, dude. And I'm just like, what? Like, you know, this challenge and. All this kind of stuff, dude. Honestly, bro, it was like everything I'd just gone through, bro. Like, it was just like, you need to do this. Like, I just challenged myself mentally. And now I need to physically. Like, I'd been challenging myself mentally, dude. And and my test was moving my kids down here. And I'm not saying I'm successful, but I've been down here for almost two years, man. Nobody's died. You know what I mean? So, (laughs) like... So yeah, I mean it, that's it's to me it's been a success, man. I've got all all my kids, dude. I get to see them every day, and so yeah. So I see this Facebook thing for this warrior, just you know, this veteran nonprofit organization to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? And of course, I can tell everybody, you know, the military fucks up anything that's ever fun in the civilian world, dude. Like the beach, they they fuck that up. The water, you know, they just the pool, like it's not fun anymore, right? flying and so i you know i told myself plenty of times in california like i'm never climbing fucking mountains ever again but it was more of the 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 nuts man Mm -hmm. i wanted to see if i still had those nuts man and after everything i'd been through i wanted to see if i was a skeleton of it or if i was a real deal man you know i talked this big old game i'd couple you know i made a couple of videos talking all this shit man and I wanted to see if I was up for the challenge, man. Well, I saw a picture from the top. I mean, you certainly were, huh? Yeah, man. That was I mean, uh, like that. So when I don't know if you realize, like you know, your social media posts for the people that follow, like that was impactful for a lot of people, man. Yeah, it was for me too, man. And when you got, I mean, like you did it for a lot of people, right? Not just yourself. I know it was a test for you, but I know yeah, you were carrying sure. the thoughts of a lot of people up there with you. For sure, man. Yeah, I had. Uh, I know you remember Josh Ashley. He was one of our students. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had his shirt on, man. I. Uh, so yeah, man. After he graduated, he was supposed to come to the schoolhouse with us, man. Uh, when he was a corporal, remember when we talked about bringing corporals in there, or he was a lance corporal. Sorry, when he was supposed to come, that him and Charles Sickles still. I don't know if you remember Chuck. Mm-mm. May have been a little bit before your time. Yeah, those guys. There were some time. some of my my uh, original students, man. And so, yeah, Josh Ashley was one of those. Uh, he's a canine guy. And, yeah, he got killed, man, in 2012. And so, yeah, his uh, grunt style actually made some shirts for him, uh, you know, some, you know, just shirts that say, you know, in his memory, in his honor, whatnot. Honor the sacrifice is what it says. I mean, you can see the shirt. So, yeah, I, I wore that up there. And like I said, not really for him, man, but, again, it was just all the shit that I've been through, man. And, and that's why I had that on my back. It was just – and again, I, I'm not considering him shit, man. I mean, obviously, you know how I feel about those guys that die. I mean, there's nothing, obviously, there's no greater honor. So, yeah, man, to have that on my back was to keep me pushing, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's because you need that up there, I promise you. I mean, it's 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 doable mountain, but you you, you got to bring your A game every day. And uh, so, yeah, I brought that up there. I had a few things, you know, remind me of my brother to keep going. You know, I was going to bring some of his ash just to spread them up there, but. My brother would be like, "What the fuck are you doing that for, man?" Like he would just, <laughs> yeah. He's not a sentimental. He would. He's not a sentimental kind of guy. So, my kids, man. I had a bracelet from that my kids made me. Uh, man, they've been my driving force. I did it for them the most. Cause you know, I just talked about it to them, man. You know, I got selected for it. So we had a six month workup. 
So every month, dude, yeah, for six minutes. Yeah. So yeah, so like they they were in the whole process, man. I watched YouTube videos. Obviously, I was scared. Dude. I've never been a fucking largest largest volcano in the world. It's like you start YouTube and all this shit, man. And you know, so they, my son, he's nine. Trace, he was just watching it all. Like, Dad, you're really gonna go do that? I'm like, yeah, like that's the plan. There's a lot of us. So yeah, it was just, uh, and then I was finally going. So that was a shitty thing about going, man. So the day I left was I had to send him home with her mom. The day the the day. I sent them home to Michigan and then the next day I went to Africa, man. So it was kind of it was sad, man. You know, I, I'd been, they hadn't seen their mom since Christmas. So I'd, I'd been with them for a while. Yeah. I'm not saying no breaks, but you know, they're, they were gone or they're going to be gone for the whole summer, man. I, you know, we were in Africa for two weeks. So right. that was hard. That was really, that was the first time I've been away from for a minute, Barrel. I mean, I, I get to go on trips like, this weekend, actually Thursday, we're we're taking some we're taking eighteen guys and gals up to Colorado, man. Mm-hmm. I'll be posting all that this week. Um, so yeah, this organization they're called the Warriors Keep. Um, yeah, I I creeped their page and I just this video just kept resurfacing on my feed, man. And it was just like slapping me in the face to apply. Are I you applied. working for them now, though? Do you work for them, well, or are you just a part of it? Or I say work. I mean, we don't get paid, so you know, no, nobody gets paid. Yeah. Well, everything that gets donated goes to these these veterans. So yeah, I'll say I work for them. Yeah, I mean I hold the title. I'm a I'm a director. I hold a director uh, title. I'm a director of of the Central Texas Veteran uh, Recreation. So I mean, what what my job is 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 we do local hikes and local uh, events down in Central Texas. I facilitate those. Um, we do hunts. Uh, yeah, we do ex- we do outdoor activity. We do hikes down in Georgetown and stuff like that. I facilitate that. And they're just local events that we do. We just did a, a thing, a yoga event um, in Georgetown too. There's a veteran-owned uh, yoga studio. Sweet. West Point graduates, they're legit man. There you go. They are legit. So yeah, I guess you could say I work for them because I mean I I I'm dedicated to them. I mean, like I said, I this week we're going to Colorado. Thursday we fly, we fly out. Uh, yeah, man, we fly out Thursday. Do you remember Shashetti? Yeah, he's gonna be there. Awesome. He uh, he he applied and he got selected. Yeah, so cool. So like, I mean, right now most of our stuff is in Central Texas and like Dallas and Austin area, San Antonio, just because we're we're small, man. We just started out 2016. So eventually, I mean, we're actually flying some people in. We're flying a, a female in from uh, California. She's a photographer, so you know we get to use her skills. So mm. we get to make those onesies and twosies for that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, man, we do four Colorado trips a year. I've already gone once this year. This is going to be my second time. Uh, me and my buddy, Mark, I keep telling you about, uh, it's just me and him, dude. We take all these people up there and we've got free lodging up at, uh, let's see, free lodging. So this is, op- this is open to any veteran, combat veterans, wounded veterans. What, who's it open any, to? Anybody, man. Any veteran, man. Any yeah. veteran. With, I don't think it's just combat veterans or wounded veterans everybody needs to be catered to and i'm actually trying to talk i talked to the governor of texas a couple of weekends ago uh, at a football game awesome. oh, i remember you know what i think i saw some of that that was the oklahoma texas game right yeah yeah texas got to, yeah they got whipped but i got to talk to the governor a little bit man about and that's what i'm going to ask him to so right now if you're i don't know what the percent like i'm 100 percent disabled so i get i get like free park passes and all that kind of shit right yeah but some of it's you know 10% or not, they get nothing, man. And so I, I, we want to try to get it to where, you know, all veterans can get into those parks for free, man. I mean, they deserve it. So, yeah, we're open to all veterans. It doesn't have to be, uh, yeah, all all veterans, anybody. We've got – what's that? I love that. I love that it's yeah. inclusive like that, you know. For sure. You, you wouldn't tell a second-string NFL player that he wasn't a pro. You know what I for mean? For sure. Ex- exactly, man. And that's – and that's honestly, man, some of those people that didn't deploy, man, those, those are the people that are really hard on themselves. A lot of them yeah, are. Dude, I mean, I've, so let me, let me say something quick. When I got to HMX one, I would tell you right now, those were some of the hardest working motherfucking Marines I had ever been around. For sure. Those kids were getting slayed. For sure. And, uh, and, you know, and they were like, they don't really knew, they didn't know what they were really getting into. Those yeah. kids were so hard on themselves, a lot of them for that. And I'm just like, bro, like sure. your path took you wherever, you know? I mean, it's just like, yeah, I got insane hours, man. And putting in just hard time, you know, 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, I've I've got a, I say it's ridiculous, but again, I mean, I, that's just how they feel. I've got a buddy right now that's in Afghanistan right now <laughs> as a contractor. So his whole time in the Marine Corps didn't do shit, right? And now he's a contractor, and boom, gone. Because huh. he he wants they want that. I say that status or that. Yeah, they, I get they, it, man. That stigma. It. <clears throat> sure, I I I it, I understand it. Yeah, it's not in the cards for everybody, bro. It's not, man. And uh, and uh, so many people that you talk to, you know, we obviously, you know, I wear my Warriors Keep shirt when I go places, and you know, people stop you and ask you that. I'm like, no, not everybody has to deploy to to make a difference. I mean, the people back in the rear are making this shit up front happen. I mean, people think that everybody that goes over there gets to shoot people too. I mean, it's only like I think it's less than twenty percent. I think it's That's less than very 10%. small, very very small number, tiny percent of people that actually get to shoot the fucking weapon, dude, and they think. I don't know, man. Just because they go over there and fill some fucking sandbags in Iraq. I don't know. Again, man. So, yeah, we open to everybody, man. Those guys, they frustrate me too, man. Just because, you know, they aggravate me because they think they didn't go anywhere or do anything. I don't know. It's aggravating to me because the thing is, they, 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 made did, a more, they did more than, you know, they're still a part of 1% of the American population. That I even agree. raises their hand during a time of war yeah. and in all volunteer yeah. force. Like, come on, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's that's saying a whole lot about those folks, you know. Yeah, for sure. I can't wait to see what happens with you guys, man. If you're going to grow, and you know, or if other other stuff's going to pop up like it, you know, I, I'd be really curious to see where this. Thing you know, is. there's not anybody around like us, man. I mean, there's a lot of hunting and fishing, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of them that are out there that raise money, and I, I that's what I see. And me and Mark are my the uh, well, he's actually the. Uh, the director of what we call Oath, Outdoor Therapy for Heroes, or Outdoor Adventure Therapy for Heroes. And it's like, we look at these other things, and we're like, what do they even do? Like, these dudes are like bringing in checks, but it's like, what do they even do? I don't even see what they even do. I'm not saying that we're out there doing huge things, man, but I mean, so our thing is, is we, we like to stay engaged with our participants. You know, most of the, I've done hunting and fishing ones where, yeah, you get to go on a badass hunt. I get to go kill a fucking elk, bro. I remember. remember you know, I don't know if you were in Missouri with us when I killed that fucking good. elk. Well, I, well I, yeah. I got to reap some of the benefits. I wasn't there when yeah. you killed it. I saw the nice firearm, and I tell people the story because I think that's one of the coolest things people could do. But yeah, yeah. And, and and that elk tasted amazing. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I got to do that, man. And then it's like, now what? Again, I didn't expect shooting an elk to solve all my fucking problems. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't go in there with that mindset. So with the Warriors Keep, man, that's what it's about, man. It's it's about recreating that brotherhood, man, recreating that camaraderie, bro. Like, that's – again, I, we were talking earlier about a guy that was going through some problems, man, and I was talking to his wife, trying to explain to her, you know, bro, we're so used – and she laughed when I told her that because she knew I was right, like – Imagine this, bro, in our office when we were instructors. When I had somebody come in, I could make them do anything I wanted to right there. If I wanted something, I could get it right fucking now. I I don't care how far-fetched you think it is. Mm-hmm. I can make it fucking happen right goddamn now, right? Yeah. Like, that's our mindset, especially as thunder-pissing sergeants like we were. Yeah. Bro, tell me I can't do something. I'll fucking get it done right goddamn now. Yeah, exactly. So then you go to the civilian world where everything's tomorrow. It's like Okinawa, right? Don't get as lazy as the island. Mm-hmm. dude but we're still stuck in that mindset bro or no uh, no there and it's immediate bro that's where our, our that's where our anxiety comes from man yeah because that's a brainwash so when people say we're brainwashed it, for people listening that's what that means man is we're wired to when you somebody says jump you say how high and then for you nasty civilians out there know that shit don't happen like that i mean it's what kind of jump do you want? You know, if you need that kind of jump, it's going to take three or four days to get that processed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was probably one of the, that's what sent me over the edge. I think like for my stuff, like I, I you oh, know, bro. I don't know. I, when I got to my civilian job or whatever, when I got out, it was like, Oh, this is cool. Totally different. Nice and new for, I don't know, maybe three, four months, dude. And then I just went off the edge. Like, cause I, yeah. I, dude, I just tell people, I tell people like, yeah, it's just a horrible civilian. Yeah, me too. I, mean, I just can't, dude, can't. It's so hard to be different. Yeah, you just can't, it is, man. You can't unlearn some of that stuff. You just can't. Yeah, I would. Like I said at the body shops, I'd argue, man. Like they would say, "Oh, we can't do that till tomorrow." And I'm like, "Dude, I'm standing here right fucking now. You can do it right this second. Like you're talking to me. You have fucking time to do it." 
And like, people are like looking at him like, bro, like this is your job. Chill the fuck out. And so, yeah, it's, and patience, man. So that's what we have to learn, bro. It's that patience. And you know what? So climbing up Mount Kilimanjaro, they, in Swahili, the, the, the phrase they use is pole pole. So they speak Swahili and English there. You'd love the African people there, man. They speak oh, really good. They're, they're, they're very, they're, yeah, jumbo, jumbo. Yeah, they're very intelligent, man. Very intelligent yeah. people. I still keep in touch with the two of our guides. His name was Good Luck, and uh, Matthew was the other one. Nice. Uh, yeah, man. I Africa was a good time. It's uh, a very humbling experience. But so anyway, going up the mountain, man. The uh, the the term they use is pole pole, which means slow, slow. Like that's the only way you can get up, Kelly, man. It's it's very slow. And so I, it teaches you that patience, man. It's weird. They say, so the, they, you know, the seven summits they have, mm-hmm. or the, the, you're supposed to do the six summits before you do Everest. Each summit is supposed to teach you something to prepare you for Everest, which if 0% chance I'll ever try Everest, fuck that, dude. That's, dude, like this, that's like a month of just hell, dude. Mm-hmm. I want no part of that. Kilimanjaro is a perfect blend of fucking shitty time compared to cool time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just fuck hard. But again, man, the good comes with the bad on Everest. So that the guy that took us up Kilimanjaro, he, uh, his, he owns his, an excursion company called Mirabadon expeditions, right? So he owns an expeditionary company. He was a Marine captain. So there's only nine of us participants that went up Kelly. So he's the 10th one. So we say 10, 10 veterans. Cause he is a veteran. And dude, so he just come off of Everest. Mm. He, uh, I don't know. Do you know Kirsty Ennis is? She's a uh, an amputee. Oh yeah, yeah. A, yeah. I remember hearing her name. Yep, yep, yep. She just got the Pat Tillman Award, bro, at the ESPYS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he took her up all these fucking mountains. He was on Everest with her, and so yeah, eventually they ran out of air, something like. And he told me, bro. He looked at me. He's like, I was an hour away from the top of the fucking world, and they couldn't go. Crazy man, and it, yeah, it's just a whole different environment up there. Like they have to have the day, the weather has to be perfect. Like no, I mean, Kelly, you can get up there, man. So yeah, that's why Kelly, I think, is the perfect mountain for for that. If you want that uh, attitude adjustment or whatever <laughs> you want to call it, that's the perfect one to do, yeah. man. Perspective. But yeah, I I think it taught me the same thing with patience, dude, and I, I still use it today, man. I mean, my kids aggravate me. I know. I know you know, man. You have kids my age too, dude. Like you just yeah. want to wring their necks, but I have to sit back and think, hey, you know, they're, they're kids, man, and it's my job. It's my job to teach them how to be, you know, to to be to do the right thing. I can't just, you know, get mad and do what yeah. I want to do. So it's patience, man. It's that's been a virtue of mine, and I've realized. Same thing with even my weight loss. I've realized that. I used to freak out. Like, dude, me and you used to, we'd just drop 30 pounds in a month, dude, right? We mm-hmm. could drop, we could drop that easy. And it's like, dude, I just know if I just go slow, man, low and slow, it's, it, it keeps that mental thing going in my head versus stressing the fuck out. Like, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Bro, I've got clothes that I haven't fit in in a long time, man, that I can fit into. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been good. It's been a good. It's hard. I mean, it's not. It's not easy. Yeah. Obviously, dude. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I almost. I thought I blew my ACL. I thought I blew my knee out like a month ago, man. I was getting off my mountain bike and I, I misstepped on a hole, dude, and hyperextended my knee. Mm-hmm. I had to call my next door neighbor to come pick me up, bro. Like I couldn't <laughs> walk. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the, the Warriors keeps been good for me, man. It's good to see these guys and gals, you know, wanting to make a difference and get outside. And so, yeah, we've, we've seen a lot of these people, you know, they, they start picking up one thing and they start putting down another. So it's been good, man, to see them put being people putting down different things that they've been trying to get rid of and seeing them picking up, getting outside. So it's been good. Yeah. I, I have a small experience with that with through golf. I, you know, I'm a golfer and I know you guys do a golf tournament, but a um, little bit of, the same feeling on some of the golf stuff that I do. And I found that to be sort of my pathway here in Utah. So that's something I'm really focused on at the moment. I love it. We got, I want to come. You turds need to come out here and bring your warriors. Keep out to Utah, dude. There's all kinds of cool shit out here. Nothing. I bet we could set something up. No, we do. We need to go out. We've been talking about coming out to Utah anyway, because of the mountains out there. Yeah. 
Yeah. I want to go, I want to go check out Zion for sure. That's in Utah, right? Yeah, it's in Southern Utah. If you're in Zion, we'll come down. Lori's been wanting to go to Zion real bad. How far? There's like what five, do you buy? five national parks, bro. Um, I don't know. We're kind of in the middle of the state, but um, Moab's like three hours. Uh, Moab, okay. dope, dude. All the way south in Blanding, uh, near sort of the reservations and stuff, is like Monument Valley and all that. Like, there's, dude, any any pick a corner. Okay, Somebody said it should sure. be the best when I first got here. They're like, you're four hours from Utah. <laughs> I didn't really get it, but he's like, when you're in Salt Lake, man, four hours, and and that's real Utah. That's like what's you know, what's beautiful about Utah. All the I see. you see on TV, not you know, because it's it's there aren't arches everywhere, you know, and that's what I thought. Yeah. I'm not from here, but yeah, it's a gorgeous place, man. A lot of cool stuff to do. Yeah, I'm definitely that's on my list, man. I mean, this year's been pretty busy for me. It's yeah. been good, man. I yeah, need to bring you out to way. Texas. Come a long way, brother. Yeah, it's 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 it hasn't been easy, man. But it's it's been worth it, though. I'll tell you that, man. It's been easy, but it's been worth it for yeah, sure. I'm definitely I'm glad you're on the other side of it, man. I've been following along a little bit, and glad you're happy, healthy. Kids are good. Yeah, it's awesome. We need to get together, though. We're gonna have to figure something out, dude. I know, man. I'll, I'll come see, you, or you can come down here hog hunting, man. I uh, dude, I'd love to smoke a hog. Dude, we do one. Uh, I'll send you some videos, man. We do hogs and dogs. I'm actually doing one in December. I've got two hunts. That's how lucky my job is, right? That's how shitty my job is. I get to go hog hunting for my job. So, yeah, in December, man, I'm going on two hog hunts in, in Oklahoma. Awesome. One of them is is with dogs, man. So my rack mate in boot camp, Thomas Kirk, I don't know if you remember him. He was an MP, a little smaller dude from Tellus, Oklahoma. Oh. He was with... <laughs> he was with like 372 man so he was a wing guy and so yeah we went to boot camp we were in the same platoon boot camp we went to mct together mp school together and then we went to cali together and then we were in iraq the same time together he just went the first time i don't think he went back a second time he got out but uh yeah man he's got some dogs that's what he does man he works on a, 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 a marina up there and they got these big ass knives, man, and these dogs who chase these hogs down and just do work with them. Yeah, I might have just got the subtle approval from the wife on a hog hunt, so we might have to figure that one out. Yeah, for sure. Do it up, man. I, I, I'll take care of you. I got lodging, and yeah, I just got a, a suppressor back. The I I got one back in maybe January, February, or I, I bought it. You got to do the tax stamp and all that shit, man. Kind yeah. of a pain, but. I don't know if they have that in Utah. Yeah, they do. We don't have fucking Beto, though. <laughs> well, he, we don't have him anymore either. Yeah, right. All right, man. You've you've come a long way. I think our time for this one's about up, dude. I want to have you back, though. Um, dude, like anytime, brother. Okay. Hey, I got one last question for you, though. What's that? Did, did Epstein kill himself? <laughs> <laughs> dude. Did you see that, that that guy on Fox News? Yeah, dude, I did. Do it? So I was like, you know what, man, I gotta I gotta drop this on him and see if I can get something from him. Dude, memes, dude, I've been I've been in tears. Oh, over the dude, they, they, I did it. I love him, dude. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he obviously. At this point, I don't really care if he did or he didn't. It's just it's it's become hilarious. Bro, here's my thing. It's not Hillary Clinton. It's not the Clintons. And again, I I'm very anti Clinton just because I hate that fucking bitch. This, uh, she's got blood on her hands, bro. You know what I mean? You could talk about all these other political people, but to me, dude, she's got blood on her fucking hands. You know, Trump may be an idiot, but again, he doesn't have blood on his hands like she does. Right. I think it's somebody that's, that's, that we don't know about, man. Like some, oh, dude, somebody that's people that that guy had dirt on, bro. Come on. Yeah. Bro. He owned an Island that kids got played with on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got to have a lot of, it's just been interesting. Nobody's been fucking talking about it. And then the memes started popping up. So I'm just glad it's, you know, hopefully we'll get to the bottom of it at some point. <laughs> a lot of coincidence there is all I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. All right, my man. It's been so good to hear from you and see you, man. I'm going to, I'm going to definitely, uh, I'll shoot you some more texts again. and We'll do this again. What do you say? Dude, anytime, brother. You'd be good. Give your family a hug and a kiss for me, man. Your kids are great at golf, by the way. Yeah, I will. Thank you so much. I love seeing your pictures. So let's, uh, let's stay in touch, huh? All right, man. You be good. All right, bud. Talk to you. All right, later, buddy. All right, I'm back here with Wifey. Hello. After 
the interview with Robbie. What do you think, babe? I think it's a... I, I love this interview, not because you know him, but because he found a way out of his situation and found a way to take his addictive personality and make it positive. Yeah. And he's not only doing for himself, he's also helping others. Like, there is a way out. He had no help. Mm-hmm. And he recognized on his own that these are things I need to do because I've got a family. I need to do better for myself. And it's just, it's, it's really inspiring. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause I worked with him for a couple of years and you know mm-hmm. how hard I was going and Robbie was going that hard too. Right. He was there every time. You pushed your first class with him, right? Second. Second. Okay. Yeah. Remember after, right after the tornado and then the snowstorm. But, um, Robbie was there all the time. He was always there. And, you know, I kind of understand that. Like, I think when you're going through some of your hardest times, you're the most helpful to others. Right. Uh, and I think that was Robbie. Because it makes you feel better. Yeah. And, you know, here in a minute, I'll tell people more about Robbie's actual combat action experience because he's a fucking hero is what he is. But um, a lot of people may be wondering, like, man, how does a, how does a guy wind up like that? And, I'll, you know, I'll, it's one situation of many. But <clears throat> what do you think about the healthcare implications, though, the kind of some of that stuff? I mean, you're educated in healthcare, so... Well, I, I see where he can get a lot of pills anywhere, really in the military. Well, yeah, you've seen me come home well, with different pills each time. Like. Well, yeah, and, I, and so I've had military care all my life, all the way through adulthood. Through the Navy, though, right? Yes, because I was born in the Navy. Yeah. And then... Um, the Navy then hospitals were pretty good, though. I don't feel like they were as turn, as burn, turn and burn. Yeah, but so you can get whatever pills you want, um, but if you don't know what you're dealing with. And just like you talked with him about, they don't know who Robbie is. They don't know who Robbie Horn is. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't see that side. They're just, he's just another person coming to visit the ER. Yeah, well, or, yeah, especially at Leonardwood you know, because it's like a, you know, it's the largest, it's, a, it's the yeah. largest Marine Corps debt, right? So mm-hmm. the most Marines outside of a Marine Corps installation plus, plus a massive all training. the army training. So they're yeah. just turning burn. They're but just turning those kids through. It was army boot camp, yeah. right? So that right. hospital is probably servicing as many Gosh. as maybe a small city. Right. You know? Right. And they, I mean, they just, they don't have the resources necessarily, but so I'm, there are a ton of great doctors in the military. Right. And there are a ton of great doctors in the VA, but they're, they're, they don't always have the opportunity to get to know these people. They have to turn and burn and just get them in and out. And I think that hurts a lot of us. I think that's just the culture mm-hmm. and the culture needs to be changed. And it's not just in, you know, the VA or in, in the military, it's, I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah, I've personally been pretty fortunate, I feel like. Uh, they've been there for me anytime I've needed them. I mean, but you I, don't, I've you definitely, don't go I've to also, the hospital for No, I don't, I, don't go, I don't go to the hospital. I'm fortunate to have benefits uh, through my work, which I would much rather use than um, purely the VA stuff, to be honest. I just, there's no incentive to have really great people other than the, the few and far, you know, the ones that just are there because they want to be there. Other than that, there's really no incentive. It's not like these guys get paid a ton of money to work at the VA. No, and it, it causes complacency. Mm-hmm. You're protected. You have job security. I mean, what is it if I write another prescription, really? Because mm-hmm. in that moment, I'm helping you, and I have no connection to you, and good riddance, I hope you read the directions. You yeah, know? it's tough on these guys, too, because like the psych- psychological stuff that... Uh, those medications aren't a one-all, be-all, you know? So there, well, there is a trial and error process that they kind of have to go through. And it's, it's, it's more than just, oh, my leg hurts. Can you give me medication mm-hmm. for it? It should be, there should be checkups, you know? And is that person going to go check up? Or is, you know, is someone else going to follow up with him, make sure everything's okay? No. Mm. That's, that's just another step that a lot of people, not just in the military again, they don't make that that follow up and I think that's important or else you'll end up abusing mm-hmm. and taking advantage because you we're smart we'll figure it out mm-hmm. you know just like Robbie figured it out but he got he got out of it and I think that's amazing yeah Robbie's a special dude he always yes. has been even even as you know what he would say my, his worst times like I said anytime I needed him or asked him for anything he was always there he was always there to help out Robbie's a special dude mm-hmm. the guy's an absolute warrior uh, and I'm I'm super glad that you know, we've been able to stay in touch and that he's come through all this. He's got his family intact or as intact as it can be. He's with his kids. You know, he's getting himself educated. Um, I'm just super happy for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's all I feel. I yeah. mean, you're, you just, he's in a good place. Yeah. 
and it makes you so yeah. But happy the, I mean, the, the 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 scary part though, and and I think why he is working with veterans, why I want to work with veterans, is not everyone can say that. You know, a lot no. of guys we lose a lot of guys along the way. He lost his brother along the way. He yeah. he mentioned that. You know, his brother mm-hmm. killed himself. So, the suicide stuff, the twenty two a day. I mean, that's just a a disgusting number of veterans that you know, and that that doesn't that's not like a combat veteran or whatever. That's just veterans, just all yes. of them. Just have. I a love how time. that you guys include it's. Like you wouldn't call a second string quarterback. Well, I don't understand. Player. Yeah, so I don't understand why people like veterans are veterans. These are right, folks right. that are of one percent of the American population that are willing to serve their country, and um and it, and it's hard regardless. And they and they still when you're in the military, whether you went to combat or not, like you're still having to find ways to adjust. I don't care what mm-hmm. anyone says. Like it's weird. Right. It's hard. And you when that uniform comes off, like you lose a piece of yourself. You know. And then we talked about that with uh, with Aaron Wagner, you know, the episode before. Last I mean, it's, week. Yeah, it's a yeah. tough, tough situation to be in. But uh, yeah, again, Robbie is just an absolute hero. Um, I've always looked up to him. He's been a friend and mentor for me for a long time. Um, yeah, I'm just really thankful that he was able to come on, and we'll get him back on when he can do some of his. Uh, I wanted him to be able to tell a story before we uh, introduce Robbie to the world in mm-hmm. in the venting fashion because I think he'll. He's one of the wittiest and probably king of the one-liners. But I would say that's one thing Robbie always used to say. He always, and I don't know if this is a Robbie, um, like if Robbie owns this or if it's borrowed. But he always used to say, "Hard times die, hard motherfuckers don't." And I, I truly believe that. And now I know Robbie lives that, right? Like, and that was something that um, he doesn't just walk, uh, talk the talk. Yeah, he no, walked, he, yeah, no. He, he, well, he that even said, and, and up Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Like he even, mm-hmm. you know, he even said, like, yeah, man, I just needed to check myself and see if I was this king shit, like I said I was, you know, and that, that's what inspired the the Kelly thing. But um, so you know a little bit more about Robbie. Robbie was on what was called a he was on a task force, Task Force Scorpion. Um, so Robbie was awarded the uh, Navy Commendation Medal with Valor. He was actually put in for a Bronze Star with Valor, but he was a Lance Corporal at the time and. Not many Lance Corporals um, see those kind of awards. They certainly didn't see that many in 2003 on his first deployment. But somewhere outside of Baghdad, uh, Robbie encountered an ambush in a vehicle with a couple of his Marines and came under small arms attack and RPGs. And um, his gunner was wounded. A couple of people were wounded. Robbie, I think, himself was wounded. He's a Purple Heart carrier. And um, Robbie engaged and killed insurgents with, you know, they were that ambushed him um, face-to-face. Like, not not this... Uh, firefight not this like t- you know, 100 yards 200 yards In away like robbie saw men die face to face robbie killed men face to face um probably multiple men and then to say in order his his vehicle it was a hard hit what we would call a hard hit a hard mobile you know mobile kill his vehicle was no good um i'll see if i can find some pictures if robbie will give me some before when i post this but um he <laughs> i think it says he he commandeered a vehicle Robbie basically at gunpoint stole an Iraqi's vehicle and put his his injured and wounded Marines inside that car and got them back on base and saved their lives. I mean, he's a special guy. That's um, amazing. You know, he's a he's a a man who, by all accounts, is normal, and he was put in an extraordinary situation and he came out on top and, and he made it and he made it mm-hmm. and I and he still does that today. Mm-hmm. And uh, Robbie's Robbie's an inspiration, man. I mean, you know, and he's always. Um, Knowing now what I know, like even that, but looking back, like he stayed as positive as he possibly could, even though he, you know, it was hurting. And I, I, I'm almost, I don't want to say I'm embarrassed, but I was working right alongside him. And I know he was, you know, just having his stuff as many of us were, because a lot of us were off deployments or whatever, but, um, I didn't realize it was that bad. And I wish, uh, I just wish I could have maybe done more for him looking back on it, but you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe us working together did something for both of us and I know it kept me going oftentimes. So yeah, if anybody's out there struggling, I hope, uh, I hope you can listen to the story and know that, um, you can do it yourself or there are people out there that are, that want to help you. There are people out there, you know, just like um, he was talking about his, um, his little, the warriors thing, warriors keep. Yeah. Yeah. You never know when those things are going to pop up. All veterans. Yeah. Not just right, and I know, for, even, and even for me, I know like the VOC, the Veterans on Course thing that I was doing. I mean, um, it seems so simple to just go play golf, um, but, but when it's you do more it, than that. It is when You're you do with it with people. other veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, Phil and I, Phil and I used to say it was awesome because we were out there with Jay and and Carl, mm-hmm. 
we don't know Jay and Carl really other than VOC and a couple of golfers, but they were just a couple of vets who wanted to be around us and we wanted to be around them. Well, and it gives you something to look forward to. Yeah, for sure. Too. Spending for sure. time around people who share the same experiences mm-hmm. you do. And it has nothing to do with the disability number or yeah. anything. You guys are all veterans. And yeah, that, and you know, often like when we were on the golf course, it's not like we're out there sharing war stories and talking about stuff. No, we're just together. Just together. And right. that's that's what's important, just knowing that if I wanted to tell those stories or, or talk about any of that, they'd be there for me. And, you could, and um, it wouldn't be weird yeah. or anything. They, You just know on some other level, they understand you. Yeah. You know, and that's hard to find in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm concerned. I, I mean, you know, we talk, you know, culture, society, politics on here sometimes, but I'm, I'm also concerned about kind of the direction our, our uh, nationwide healthcare is going and what some people want, you know. Many people, you know, so the VA is basically like a socialist medical system. The difference being, you know, veterans earned the right to they get that medical care. quote-unquote where, time. Where medical like that would be medical Medicare for all is just a given, like they just hand it out to people, right? So there's no real incentive to earn it, but... Um, you know, it, it decentifies. It, you know, it's just the VA just is what it is. Um, but there, I don't see the innovation in medical if we go that route. You know, Plus, as far as medical Medicare for all. Well, I mean, just socializing medical healthcare in general. You know, see, I, I, so I think everybody has the right to medical. A lot of people don't go get seen because they're afraid of how much it's going to cost. Yeah. Like, oh, I have cancer. I need to have all this stuff done, but a lot of people don't keep going back because mm. this is going to, if I don't make it, my family's stuck with a bill. If I do, I'm stuck with a bill. The stress of having to pay for something to save your life, it, it makes people's decisions for them. Yeah. So, you know, so I don't disagree with you at all. My thing is like, I, I've, I've gone, you know, I'm educated. I worked hard to get a job that provides benefits for me and my yes. family. You have to work for it. Right. But, you know, but I don't want to lose that. And this system, they're saying they're going to take that away from me. And and, and then basically where other people are going to gain coverage that they never had, I'm going to lose coverage. And you're going to have and to I pay don't, more. Yeah, exactly. I don't mm-hmm. think that's right. To cover theirs. Yeah. Right. So um, I think it's his name's Delaney. I wish I, Bob Delaney, maybe he's a long shot. He's like pulling 0% for the Democratic presidential nominee. But he, <laughs> he is one of the f- few outspoken guys against medicare for all you know he's a he's a he's not your normal democrat he's a billionaire self-made like has very uh some very what i would say republican characteristics at least how he came about and some ideas about different things and i'm just i don't i don't know i just don't see how the 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 folks that have a job and are fortunate enough to have benefits through their workplace you shouldn't strip that away i don't think i don't think it's right but i don't I, i don't disagree with you when there are people out there who just are on hard times and can't afford this shit. I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's expensive. It is. So, I mean, I it's don't... It's a business. You know? It, yeah, it's genuine. And it's it, not getting real... cheaper. That's the sad thing. It's not getting cheaper. It's like yeah. everybody's got to get their cut, yeah. whether it's Big Pharma or the doctors or whoever. I don't believe anything government-backed <laughs> is... <laughs> oh, okay. is um, How do I want to say it? Like... Anything government backed creates an inflation in prices because it's a guarantee, right? Well, yeah. Regardless of how much your doctor is going to charge you, the government will say, "Okay, thanks for showing me your prices, but this is how much you're going to get paid." Mm -hmm. And so the doctors have to go, "Okay, well, I'm going to take it's better than nothing, so I'll take that." And so that's that's just. I mean that's how Tricare works mm-hmm. when we you know when we had Tricare. Now yeah. now we're on a different insurance which is a lot more flexible, but we pay a little bit more. But it's yeah, quality of care is there mm-hmm. at least from what we've experienced, what I've right. experienced with the kids and and me. You know you still go to the VA, right? Uh, I think I'm I, I'm head to toe through the VA as a combat veteran. You get five years once you start going to the VA. Now I think I'm not sure if I'm through that yet or not, but I can I go for so. any of my. Um, any of the things they rated me for, I can go. And I do, um, for the, the mental health component, yeah, I still go to the VA. Um, mostly because they require me to. Well, it's good. I think it's good. Yeah, I mean, so there is at least a system to track me and keep you know keep up with me and all that stuff. So, you know, But yeah, it is still kind of like a dartboard. But, you know, it's all good. All right, what uh, what do you got? You got anything? No, What's we got... What's next for us? We got kids sports, and we are looking... I, I'm looking forward to this holiday season it's kind of special for us 
we because we live in Utah, we have no family in Utah other than Kate and Phil, who I call family here. And um, we we have people flying in, and then we'll be flying out to see my family in the Philippines for Christmas. So that'll be exciting. Maybe next episode I'll tell people how I made that mistake. It's a great mistake. But, it's a yes, but it's funny. He was gonna eat it. <laughs> I don't a, care. That's a good. But story. we're going. We'll talk about it. maybe. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. Yes, and then and then so with family coming, we'll be able. You'll be able to meet Hack's mom. Yeah, we'll get Mama Guns on Tom, here. And then Maddie, his yeah. niece, our niece, is going to be here too. So we'll get perspective from a 17-year-old. It'll be great. I don't know if I can get a microphone in front of her face. I'm going to try real hard, but we'll, we'll find a way. We'll do it, Maddie. <laughs> and then, uh, All right, guys. So that's about it for this one. Um, guys, please. Uh, Robbie is an incredible person. The His story is amazing. The outfit that he's working with the warriors keep like they deserve to have this story told and shared so Absolutely. please you know if you can uh we'd appreciate you sharing this out and letting people um learn about robbie learn about his struggles and hopefully you never know there's just you share it out maybe there's just some veteran waiting to hear the story who needs to hear this some cop some fireman emt paramedic you know anyone who's who's been through it you know a car wreck uh survivor mm-hmm. i mean come on guys there's so many people out here that could use uh, story of perseverance so please share it um any feedback uh the vent with hack daniels at gmail.com uh like share subscribe take care of us we'll keep ter- taking care of you guys like uh let's build a community so uh thanks for tuning in and be safe this weekend oh hey happy birthday marines oh yes proud of you have fun at the ball <laughs> i keep seeing memes that say you ain't been drunk until you've been marine corps ball drunk yeah <laughs> Marines. I was actually asked to give a safety brief. I got to think about some of the things I used to say. Oh, yes. However, Marines. It's your anyone, birthday. Anyone who's out there that's going to be throwing down, mm-hmm. um, be safe. Take care of each other. Zero excuse for a DUI with Lyft. I'm a recovering Uber driver. So <laughs> Uber, Lyft, you know, whatever. Guys, take care of each other. Have fun. Celebrate our beloved core at 244. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just be good. 